Welcome to the Damn Woods Wednesday tabletop gaming episode. Still uh, technically a gaming episode. It's still it's still games. It's games. Uh, legally speaking. Yeah. If we were to get a lawyer in here, we'd be okay. I'm pretty sure. Uh, if we were to get a lawyer in here with the two of us, I don't think he'd be uh, okay, but, you know. Sir, I have a number of questions about <laughs> sir, very I have some specific cases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So a bunch of our listeners are tabletop players. We're both tabletop players. Oz is a you know tabletop player occasionally. We've all we've all definitely done the rounds with regards to like you know D and D, Shadowrun, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, G Man is one of the few people I know who actually takes the time to fucking play 40k proper. That is correct. So, uh, I've been involved with uh, 40k for about five years now. Um, mm-hmm. and that is at varying degrees of, uh, skillfulness. So oh, sure. if you're not, it, it, listeners, if you're not familiar, uh, Warhammer 40k is a tabletop miniatures game, which is where you buy tiny, teeny little models, glue them together and then paint them and then have a very structured plastic army man battle with them. Yep. Which... It is a lot cooler in the reality than it sounds. It sounds real dorky. It sounds <laughs> real dorky. I'm not going to lie. Back back when I was just getting into gaming in general, like branching out from video games, um, I did uh, collectible card games. And we had this oh, sure. sort of, we had a hierarchy of nerds. And, yeah. you know, TCGs was like kind of approaching normality because, you know, it got a little bit of popularity with magic and Pokemon right. and things of that nature. Then you had stuff like pre-painted miniatures like WizKids, uh, HeroClix. Oh, right, yeah. And then mm-hmm. the paint-it-yourself tabletop gaming was just yeah. above LARPing in our estimation. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. So, uh, that's it, fucking, it, it that's... is a bit down there on the, uh, the uh, tier of the cased system, if you will. Oh, sure, certainly. Uh, that's, I mean, all that said, like, I will say, like, if you, listeners, if you take a little bit of time to get, uh, like, I have never played 40K, but I've painted a lot of miniatures. That mm-hmm. is one of the most relaxing things you can do, as long as you never look at anyone who's good at it. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I, that's actually the thing that... The two things that I enjoy the most about the game is actually, one, painting the miniatures, because, I mean, you can just zone out, you know, do a little oh, bit yeah. of time, like, you know, put on Netflix or, or what have you. You know, it's a great way to relax, you know, because totally you don't have is. to be super into it, like... You know, you can take a couple of minutes to do, like, a detail paint, like, you know, when you're painting pupils on an iris or something. But, uh, mm-hmm. like, it's not super complicated. And, like, you get that sort of creation, you know, like, dopamine hit. It's like, oh, look, I made that, you know? I made a thing. Exactly. So, and, and you can paint it whatever colors you want. Like, I've definitely seen an army of space marines painted up as Hello Kitty. Like mm-hmm. that that is a thing that exists in real life and you know what? Good for him or her. You know, yeah. I don't know who painted it, but it looked good. Whoever. Whoever. Yeah. But uh Yeah, that is it's one of those things where you like you know, there's there's people who are sticklers for lore or whatever and they're kind of weird, but like I under, like as far as like, you know, this this army is not chapter correct with <laughs> you know, and you're just like, Alright, right. dial it back. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I mean you can get as deep into it as you want. Like, mm-hmm. there's... An, and, like, it's like anything else. You've got your crunch, which is your rules, and then you've got your fluff, which is, like, the deep lore and, you know, like... Oh, yeah. What actually, you know, happened to get to this point. And sure. if you're really not that much into it, you can just ignore the lore. Like... Oh, totally. The, the game itself is, you know pretty freestanding like you don't have to get into it 
Yeah, you do, you do not have to read uh, the 87 Dan Abnett books to go <laughs> play, you know, do a, a tabletop tactical game. Thank God. Right. Granted, yeah. some of us probably have, and that is... Well, uh, no it, judgments here. Right. Because this is I, a judgment-free zone for this one may, episode. Yeah, there's there's the no judgment area with regards to books you may may or may not have read more than once. <laughs> exactly. We're not um, judging anybody who's got like a complete catalog of black library novels mm, on their bookshelf nope. right now. Nope. Nope. No one is being attacked for that. <laughs> yes. It's a very normal thing. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fucking I that's that's what got me into 40k period is the mm-hmm. the weird lore cuz it's, yeah. you know, it's everyone's evil, no one is good. It yeah. sucks, the future sucks, but it's super metal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, like don't get me wrong, like I like the painting and mm-hmm. uh, I like the game itself, but yeah. The lore, like, if you start to get into the game, viewers, like, you've seen the memes on Twitter, oh, you've seen yeah. the references, like, you know what the word grimdark is. Oh, Chances yeah, are, you know. you know enough about the lore to get into it without a super amount of additional investment. It's yep. actually pretty decent. Like, there's some really far out stuff that, oh, you yeah. know, breaks the continuity or breaks the um fourth wall of canon a little bit oh 100% like uh, the Matt, uh, the inquisitor war trilogy oh well yeah him too yeah and Matt, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, so the the uh what was that? i forget it's uh it's a guy who writes under like two pseudonyms 440k oh god but he wrote the inquisitor war trilogy yeah that one and, uh, i'm not ooh. familiar with actually that's so that was written at the tail end of when 40k was still rogue trader oh man like so, there's a squat main character Ooh, wow yeah yeah that <laughs> there, there's talk about bringing squats back into the game by would, the way that would fucking rule it would it would rule <laughs> so squats were uh early 40k was a literal lift of like the warhammer races where it was like here's dwarves elves orcs in space mm-hmm. and Space dwarves were squats, and they were on the side of the the Imperium, and they were fun. And then, at some point in 40k lore, they were like, "No more squats." Their world got obliterated. Yep, yep. Their home world like, is oh, gone. Well. Yeah, sad. Because they're yeah. they're dirty mutants anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the basic um, if if you're completely unfamiliar with uh, 40k, 40k is based off of Warhammer Fantasy. Which mm-hmm. Warhammer Fantasy is a completely legally distinct mm-hmm. version of J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings races. One hundred, very distinct, completely very legally different. Distinct. Nothing, nothing is the same. Absolutely uh, nothing. They spell orc with a K here. That is right. You'll you'll note that is a very important difference, mm-hmm. and everyone is substantially more evil. Yes. Yeah, it, it is so very, very much more grim dark. <laughs> there are no Catholic good guys in forty in one. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Actually the Just, French good guys got written out of Warhammer Fantasy. Uh that's uh-huh. the the uh, Bretonians if you're uh, I remember them. Yep. They are pretty much not a thing anymore. Mm. Yeah, not shocking. <laughs> They're like, you're, you're too borderline positive. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> We're going to expand the army of demonic rat people. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's fun. It's a fun one. Yeah. I honestly, like, if you if you ever get, like, listeners, if you ever get real bored and you want to read Warhammer novels, uh, hit either me or G-Man up on Twitter. Absolutely. Um, because we have both read a lot of them, and a lot of them are incredibly terrible pulp sci-fi. Oh God! Yeah. Most all of them are in either they're they're pulp. They're, you know you don't go into Warhammer expecting like literary greatness. You go in going yeah. like I would like to read about killing. Warhammer is it. like <laughs> if someone made a novel out of a bolt thrower song. 
And yeah. that's actually how it happened in reverse. Bolt Thrower made songs out of Warhammer novels, but if you're they familiar sure with them in the reverse, it makes sense mm-hmm. that direction too. It totally does. It's death metal, the the, the literary genre. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, also Bolt Thrower is hilarious. They have like the last time I saw Bolt Thrower in the news, they had given an MMA fight. They had like their band has a favorite MMA fighter because it's from the same area as they are or something. Uh huh. And they started calling him the War Master, and it turned out he was like a huge dork too. So he was like, "This rules." Awesome. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. And then he lost a bunch, and it was like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. You've you've lived up to your nickname, I see. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so you you've had a little bit of experience. I mean, a lot of experience with uh, you know six through the current edition. Uh, What is the current edition looking like as far as, like, changes? Uh, So, I've been playing from 6th edition. Uh, Most of my time was under 7th edition, which was Mm -hmm. pretty good. Um, I liked most of it, but it was still really, really complicated. The the thing about uh, Warhammer-level tabletop miniatures games is... Because you've invested so much time in assembling and painting and, you know, picking your army, building your list and all of that, they have this assumption that you're okay with whatever complexity level of rules that they can throw (laughs) at you. (laughs) Yeah. So 7th edition was kind of like the pinnacle. Well, maybe not the pinnacle, but like for for me, it represented like a kind of a height of complexity of rules. And... Mm. You know, there were games that were fun, but there was a lot of stuff that was just, like, you're really going to invest, like, three and a half hours playing, you know, 1,500 points, because most of it's spent looking at the rule book. Oh, God. (laughs) You know, that's just not good for anything. Like, if you're playing with friends, like, you know, you're, you're BSing, like, you're having a good time, like, remembering old games and whatnot, so the time isn't quite as wasted. But, it, like, if you're playing with strangers at a shop or something, that's just dead time, man. You really want to cut that out. And I feel like 8th edition has done a good job of that. Um, nice. The rules are far simplified. Uh, you have fewer charts. Uh, <laughs> usually, it's just you have a stat that you either roll over or roll under. And cool. everything is on the... Um, uh, crap, I forget the name for it. They, they have a data sheet for each unit. And oh, nice. everything you need to know is on that sheet. Whereas in prior editions, they would have uh, what were called um, universal rules, which you'd have to then, mm. if you forgot what it did, look up in the rule book. So oh. I think, um, so if you're not familiar, uh, Games Workshop is the uh, publisher for Warhammer 40k. And one mm-hmm. of the problems that is historically common to some of their games is that they they aren't very good at editing or formatting. Mm-mm. So while the rules might be good, they're very unintuitively placed in the rule book. So you spend right. a lot of time flipping through, and these rule books are big. Like the uh, not for forty k, but the rule book for eighth edition Warhammer Fantasy. We're talking like four hundred pages in hardback, Ew. like, oh, like reading through the Cimmerillion level of <laughs> rulebook. Just, just for some, just to get a ruling on whether your fucking your angry dwarf killed the rat. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, Jesus. I feel like Eighth um, Edition has been pretty good. There's a lot of people that don't like it, but one of the things that if you're familiar with uh, the tabletop community is that anytime mm. anybody changes anything for any reason, yep. everyone is unhappy. No one is ever happy. Even if no. you are happy, you're not happy. Correct. Yes, you will nitpick it to death, but it is a foregone conclusion that you will continue to buy the things and you know yes. play with the game. So You will continue playing the game that you now detest for the rules. Yes. Um... That was 4th edition D&D for our group. It was just like, oh, I remember it came out and it was just like, everyone was like, well, this is fucking retarded. And we're yep. all like, all right, I'll see you next Sunday. Yep. 
Yeah. Fourth I will edition. have the new books on hand. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about fourth edition. <laughs> fourth was, they really, I mean, you know, they, they tried to, uh, they were still kind of in that third edition mindset. With I felt like it with Wizards, where they were just like, "How many fucking splat books can we get people to buy?" Oh God, yeah. Uh, and they're you know six million. <laughs> yeah, I, I really um, feel not to diverge from the topic too much, but I feel like uh, sure. Paizo did a pretty good balance on that because yes, yeah, you know, they, they released like four or five splat books a year. Not all of them were for the uh, base rules. But you'd have sure. stuff for, for, like, the different campaigns or regions. And then they'd yeah. release paths, you know, for actual yeah. campaigns. I feel like that was a good balance. Whereas D&D 4, mm, mm. yeah, it's it's mostly just like, all right, well, this is the real-world equivalent of downloading a 5-gigabyte World of Warcraft patch. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's fucking... Yeah. I, uh... No, Paizo, you know, like for all of Pathfinder's Pathfinderness, they do a good Paizo does a decent job or well at least with one. Obviously we yeah. haven't two is kind of a mystery right now. Right. Um Pathfinder one at least was like they did a good job of supporting their product and having like a substantial amount of content out for it. Like we played through I yeah. think uh Rise of the Rune Lords and mm-hmm. whatever the mythic campaign was. Um Return of the Rune Lords, I believe. Uh, it was there was you had to go to hell and fight some uh, demons and it was weird. Um, there was like demonic incursions coming into the the uh, world yeah, the, and the world wound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had to go fuck around there and fight a bunch of people and yep. You know, it's you know, mythic mythic level Pathfinder is anime the game. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's it's how that goes. Uh, anyway, so. As far as, uh, let's see, so we've, yeah, you actually, let's fuck it, let's dig into Pathfinder, might as well, right? Right on. Uh, so Pathfinder 2's beta is currently existing. It's, uh, it's, they keep releasing PDFs and people keep being very confused. Yeah, I am very confused. I, um, so I downloaded the, the playtest PDFs as soon as they were out, and yeah. basically whenever I went to lunch at work, I'd uh, talk to the one other guy that plays Pathfinder. Um, sure. And uh, I got I got way too strong of a 4th edition D&D vibe at first. And oh, yeah? Because what they've done, as far as I can tell, and that this mm-hmm. may change between this recording and the time this airs, because they yep. are changing things very, very rapidly. Yeah, um, someone on Twitter, Dolores, uh, we've had her on the show, described it as a yeah. a, uh, a Maoist-style revolution of changes. Absolutely, yeah. That is a very <laughs> accurate statement, and I fully agree. Uh, <laughs> but it is... I, I really don't think that they have a firm handle on where they want to go with this. Sure. Because... They're, they they did simplify a couple of things, um, but in so doing, they've made them more complicated. And what I mean by that is, like, everything has a keyword now. Oh, um, no. So, like, in Pathfinder 1st Edition or D&D 3.5, pretty much any weapon, it had your damage value and your critical threat range... And maybe one ability, you know, like spears or long spears, you could brace for charge, you know, some stuff you could use to trip, you know, basically that was it. Like entangle, you know, for really exotic stuff. Well, now there's like 20 keywords for weapons. Oh, God. Which, you know, on the first face of it is pretty cool because like that adds differentiation and I'm all about that. But... Mm-hmm. Then you start to get into the rules complexity for that is very, very onerous. Like, they have, and this is this is an example that uh, I will pull out of where I think they went wrong. They have two separate, completely different keywords that are named fatal and lethal. Oh, those, all right. Those are both words that mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, but you need to remember the difference between the two of them 
and that completely eliminates the point of a keyword. The keyword is so that you don't have to read all of that text, and you can easily remember it, right? Right. It's like trample or haste in Magic the Gathering. Right. Like, I haven't played Magic in years, and I still remember what those mean. You know, they, that, that's how good that is as, a, as an idea. Correct. Yeah, like, that's what keywords are for. It's for conveying, you know, a decent amount of information very quickly with one, maybe two words. Sure. I, I can't remember, and I, like, you know, paid attention. I can't remember what Fatal and Lethal do, and... I pay more attention than their average player is going to. Like, I'm a huge nerd. They're, you know, putting their product out for regular nerds. So, I'm not going to... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if I'm not going to remember it offhand, then, you know, they've clearly made it a little bit too complicated. Yeah. Um, It looks like they've... I mean, last time, last bit of change we saw was them adding like a uh like a, a weapon attune or an item attunement system that would key right. into your leveling your level up process right which is like oh god <laughs> what have you done and you know again it's one of those things where that's not necessarily a terrible idea but no but like the, the implementation context. is yeah it's like so the reason i react negatively to stuff like this is because like adding like overly complex rules into an existing functioning system mm-hmm. for the sake of like, here's my new thing. It's just right. like, Oh, okay. This is a, you know, this is maybe slow your roll. Yep. And add like a little bit in at a time, but you know, right. and anyway. honestly to, you know, this is looking into it further than the information leads. So that this is conjecture on my point. So Pathfinder oh, sure is born out of 3.5 under the open gaming license, which right. is certain aspects of D&D 3.5 were eligible to be used by anybody under yeah. a free license. So they could use yeah. that. And I believe it was originally intended so people could make like expansions and uh, like campaigns and, and modules and stuff like. Right, there, right third-party stuff that was originally meant to go into 3.5. So what Paizo did was they basically took what was allowable under OGL and then built on top of that. And I think what's happened is since that stuff was originally licensed under OGL, they have to license that out just the same. It's kind of like Creative Commons. So sure. they still have to have that kind of hanging out there in the wind where other people can use those rules to make third-party stuff for their system. Right. So I think that they're starting to want to close in. Like, they're wanting to go more proprietary. Oh. Gotcha. And trying to make a whole new system. Correct. Because if you notice, like, they're changing a lot. Like, a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that was just, you know, didn't really not work, you know, like a lot of things that work just right. fine are being changed or tweaked just a little bit so that they're not under that heritage of OGL where they have to right. share it out, you know? That's interesting. Yeah. I that's mean, like, it, I mean, it could be. Yeah, that's that's just conjecture. I have no evidence to support that, you know. I'm not a games just, journalist by any means. No, no. But no, I have is, been playing games for a while, and... That's at least what it feels like as a consumer. Sure. No, that's like it's that's a re I you know, and like honestly, you know, we, we exist in a world where IP law is rampant. So I can mm-hmm. I can see a company wanting to do that. Yeah. Despite the fact that they are effectively printing money for themselves all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They want to print more. I mean, you know, you want to print more money. <laughs> right. And you know, like they they have the advantage of like their system is based off of something that they didn't have to pay the designers for, you know? Like, they had to pay their writers to make their own content, like their their adventure paths, that's all them, you know? Like Yeah, yeah. and Their whole world they've built, yeah. Yeah, that's all them, and they've done a pretty good job of it. I'd give it about a B-minus on average, like... You know, you know Pathfinder sh- lore is not. It's it feels a little bit like it. If honestly, it feels like you're playing in someone's D and D world, which is kind of the deal. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's not super polished, and, like, if you're playing through a lot of uh, campaign paths, you'll notice there's a lot of mid-path doldrums where it's mm -hmm. like, I feel like they didn't put enough content into these middle books. Right. Um, right, right. But they they did, you know, pay the writers for that, like, and... Uh, I think I've mentioned to you before, but uh, just to put it onto the air, um, one of the things I've noticed that is kind of a, a recurring theme with Pathfinder writing is, and I feel bad for the writers about this, but they'll write some really good backstory for like a set piece, like a uh, character mm -hmm. or an item or a location, something that's yep. actually really interesting. And you're reading through the path as the, the game, ma uh, game master, and you're like, man, that's really cool. But there's no in-game mechanism for the players to ever find out any of that cool backstory. Right. So yeah, it's that's just like definitely it, a thing. <laughs> it's just for you. Like you get to read it and know it, and it takes you, you know, five or ten minutes to read through the backstory. The encounter takes four rounds, and then it's yep. done. And no one will yep. ever know why. <laughs> That that character with the amazing backstory dead yep. in two of those rounds. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's that, uh, you kind of like that's. I mean, you know, I, I would assume they they maybe that may be intentional because like you know let leave it up to the GM to kind of insert a thing. Right. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Either way, that's it. Would be, probably behoove them to put like at least like a table of like here's things that could be. Yeah. You know, this, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, that is that is definitely a thing I've seen with Pathfinder. Um, I mean, it's actually kind of that way with new D&D, &D, actually, or D&D &D 5, yeah. um, which is its own animal. I don't hate D&D &D 5. Like, I'm not, like, a huge fan. I don't hate it, though. Right. It feels like you're... It feels like you're playing, like a, good, like, a weird synthesis of, like, Pathfinder, D&D &D 3, 5, and some of the D&D &D 4 stuff. Right. Like, streamlining. Yeah. So it's, like, a very... Yeah, like, no one's rolling, like, a thousand dice in a round. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and we're all very low level right now. I haven't really taken D&D &D 5 up to high levels, but, like, you know, you're not rolling, like, a million attacks around. And, like, you know, no, there's, there's no really way... No way to build your character to do that. Like, you'll mm -hmm. get, like, your... Yeah, anyway. It's it's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a little bit less, you know, complicated in the fact that you don't have to wait forever for each player to take their action, you know, yep. because they're picking out 50 D6s out of their dice bag, you know. Right. It's it's exactly it. Like, you're like, you know what? I'm. It's going to be, here's my attack action. Here's my bonus action. That's it. Mm -hmm. And, uh. I've been playing my my Horizon Walker Ranger, and that's a fun that's a fun little class, fun little flavor where you're like, yep. oh yeah, I'm gonna fuck around with some portals and shoot people with an arrow that yep. you know blows up each shit. <laughs> yeah, Horizon um, Walker Ranger that is a classic. Yeah, it's a fun one. Like I'm glad they they moved it. It was like, that was a three five splat book class, right? Uh, I think that was actually in the DMG. I think that's one of the original prestige classes. Okay. Either way, it's not bad. Like, it's a fun little... Like, they they kind of... Like, D&D &D 5's thing is, like, they let you... Like, here's Ranger, and then here's your Ranger subclass, basically. Mm hmm And so you just subclass out to, like, Hunter, Horizon Walker. And, like, you can be... Like, Hunter is, like, full tilt, like, classic. Ranger has a pet. Pet does a lot of fucked up stuff. And right. you, you know, you shoot things with arrows or swords or whatever. Right. And that's great. Um, you, you too, can play Drist in 5e, um, <laughs> which I'm sure is just the bane of everyone's time. Thank you, Rob Salvatore. Um, <laughs> fucking A. But anyway, no, it's, it's, it's a pretty likable thing as far as, like I said, I've, and I've, I've, been, I've been very lucky. I've had like, good gaming groups forever. Like I've never had a gaming group that, full of people who are complete fucking lunatics. Which yeah. is another thing. It's kind of like, listeners, if you are new to tabletop gaming, holy shit, find friends that do it first, if you can. Yes. Yeah, like I've actually, uh, I've been talking, um, 
So the the guy that I talked to at work, we didn't know that the other was a, a tabletop player until mm-hmm. about a month and a half ago. Nice. And uh, we so now we have something in common. So we're we're talking about it on the job or at work. And um, one of the things that I've mentioned is like I've been tremendously lucky because I've been playing with the same basic group, the the same core group for That's about awesome. ten years. So that's fucking yeah, that's fucking rad. Yeah. And it, it's it's also really crazy because like um, one of the guys that I like on YouTube uh, who does um, tabletop uh, terrain uh, for D&D. Uh, Runehammer. Uh, not Runehammer, actually. Uh, Black oh. Magic Craft. It's a different oh, guy. Oh, yeah. That guy is Dude. also really good. They're nuts. Uh, There's a lot of fucking t- like tabletop D- YouTube people who are fucking oh, insane. Yeah. Yeah, if you're if you're into oh, making stuff for your tabletop game, or if you like tabletop miniatures games and you're into stu- uh, making stuff for that, check out Runehammer on YouTube and Black Magic Craft on YouTube because those are both totally. awesome, awesome resources for that sort of thing. Just one hundred percent. But uh, I was uh, I was watching a video from Black Magic Craft, and he was talking about he's Canadian and like mm-hmm. in the summer. They play like once every six weeks. Oh no! And because it's like everyone's trying to get out and do stuff while the weather's oh, nice, sure. and then in the winter time, you know, when no one's got shit to do, they still only play once every three weeks. You know? Oh my god! And I'm like, That's, shit, man! Yeah. I've been able to play once a week with the same group for ten years. Is this <laughs> like some sort of like gilded unicorn situation? Am I tremendously lucky? It kind lucky? of is, man. Yeah. Like I've. I've had, I've bounced between like three primary groups, but I've always had they've always been good dudes. So it's mm-hmm. like yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I've, like I, I had my forty k group. We did the forty k role play stuff. Mm, I had yeah. a D and D group before then, and then I'm currently uh, I'm playing in the D and D game. And I was with I'm with my old Pathfinder group. So it's you know yeah. and some a couple a couple new guys. Um. Oh, one of those dudes, uh, who I, the, the, actually a game full of fucking artists, <laughs> like every, everyone but me is like, ah, I can draw and I'm just like, man, I'd swear on the internet real good. Yep. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, no, so it's kind of, it's interesting to see where, where this stuff leads as far as like, yeah, like listeners, if you're, if also don't be a, like, you know, like I will say this. It does not carry the weird stigma it once did. Oh, no. Of like being like, yeah, I like to paint tiny army men and pretend fight yeah. them on the weekends. Yeah, no, it it's, is even that level, like even doing Warhammer, like, yeah. I'll talk to people at work about that. You know, not everybody, but some people, you know? Sure. Like, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, the the two Pathfinder guys that I know at uh, at work, like, we'll be going to lunch, and there'll be normals sitting near us, and we'll still mm-hmm. be talking about it, and they won't be like, ho, 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 you guys are nerds. They'll be like, yeah. oh, yeah, D&D, like, my cousin plays that. What do you guys do, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> Every, everyone knows at least someone who's playing some kind of tabletop thing, which is nice. Yeah, like it's like yeah. Yeah, you know, that. Like the hobby expanded, and you know, ideally the companies involved make money, right? And they keep making stuff, and people keep yep. playing games. You know, um, yeah, I can't think of anything real fucking. Yeah, there's like, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, obviously, there's the one of like, there's one thing I would not ever do, and that is, uh, like, try the like the pickup games of Pathfinder. Like oh, the yeah. Pathfinder League thing, yeah, that no. shit sounds like fucking. That's a big hard no. Yeah, um, that's fucking like. Mm-mm. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack with like fucking total strangers. Yeah, and uh, nope, it's a hard pass. You got to get. You got to like cultivate a group of humans. It's like you know, like the same kind of people you'd be okay playing like Monopoly with or other, mm-hmm. some other contentious horseshit board game. Right. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, maybe I'm not sure. Monopoly. I'm sure most of the listeners they played probably Settlers of Catan or, or at the very least oh, Cards Against Humanity, like you know, right, like right, right. The, the sort like of stigma breaking board games that like get people. I mean, I've I played Cards Against Humanity with 15 people at a bar before. 
Right. Like, it totally. You, yeah. You're just like, it's definitely not what it used to be. You know, like if, right. you know, 15 years ago I had said, hey, guys, do you want to play Ticket to Ride at the bar? Like, Ooh. yeah, no, <laughs> Shut that's up, not nerd, Go home. Get out. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, nerd leave. You know, nerd leave. Get out. Uh, no, that's definitely, yeah, but no, it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, the, the, the market recognized that a lot of people like this and making it more accessible was a reasonable thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as like, and like, that is, I will say that is one thing D&D 4 did okay aside from like D&D 4 was a shit show mm-hmm. and we all, you know, no one likes that boo evil, but yeah. it made it more accessible. Yeah. And to be honest, like, I don't, the thing about D&D 4 is Mm -hmm. I disliked it because it felt too much like an MMO. Like, it was like, they were clearly, clearly going for the MMO crowd to play this tabletop game. Like, and that is, that is a different crowd a lot of the time. (laughs) 100% different, you know, like, and I'm not saying there's not overlap, but... You know, yeah. you've got the same sort of cooldowns. You've got the same sort of, like, abilities, you know. Like, mm-hmm. it, it all felt like you were going to, you know, draw mobs and do DPS and, like... I mean, that's... They basically... I mean, they all but took those, you know, like, the, the Holy Trinity concept for MMOs, like the heal, healer tank, three DPS kind of a thing, and they were like, this yep. is how you should build your party. Yep. And you're like, all right. And they had like they had trash mobs the same way that MMOs do, where it's like you know they had the, what were they called the uh, they were like the, the the mobs that would die as soon as they were hit, like yeah. they would just explode. Yeah. Um. There was like a specific class of creature in D and D four that was that, and it was just like they they tried to translate this kind of video gameplay to the tabletop. It did not work very well. It didn't work um, very well. That said, we all still played probably a lot of it. Right. <laughs> That, that was actually um, probably the the more recent edition that I played the least of. We we yeah. my group at least uh, we were all playing Pathfinder shortly after it came out, and we basically yep. never looked back. And That's, when we did we, we do, moved to Pathfinder, when when we did do other stuff, it was more of like the esoteric, you know, non mainstream stuff like Dark Heresy sure. or Deadlands Which, or uh, Champions. Man, like Deadlands. Some, some of the deep cuts of the uh, yeah the role playing the real world. weird stuff the the yeah. stuff that's maybe not super mechanically balanced but real fun right um, yeah like we had a dark heresy game go for a whole year like mm-hmm. we lasted through a whole we managed to survive an entire story that is impressive our, in its own right our our GM was not super forgiving a lot mm-hmm. um he was good though and then that same group. The next story was a rogue trader story, and uh, we basically we, we went through the new products as they came out. So it was like Dark Heresy to Rogue Trader to fucking um, the Death Watch was the next one. Right. Yeah. And then I think we did a Chaos, uh, whatever the Chaos campaign was called. We we had one of those that was kind of real, real cartoony and over the top because Chaos. Right. Um, there's no way to play that without being totally insane and yeah. weird. Yeah, like, if you I don't cannot do see it, someone trying to... Go ahead. <laughs> if you don't do it totally over the top, everyone's just kind of feeling weird about what people are actually saying. Right. Because, you know, in order to do chaos over the top, you know, it's like hilarious violence and gratuity. Right. Otherwise, it's just uncomfortable violence and gratuity. You have killed all the civilians. Great. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, if you're not, like, turning that up to 11, it's like, yeah, okay, we are evil. And you're just like, great, chiefs. Um, You you gotta be Cobra Commander sort of over the top. One, you have to be to to get that, to get get a fucking chaos game going. And, like, granted, like, you kind of have to be that way for 40k in general. As mm-hmm. far as, like, the, the tabletop games go, like, you know, our fucking, like, Dark Heresy, you play a group of, uh, an Inquisitor's retinue. Yeah. Uh, which is the Space SS, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like they're you're, called you're, the Inquisition. Nothing called yeah, the Inquisition is friendly. 
No, nothing has like nothing on the Inquisition has been like the good guy in any situation. You're just right. the least evil guy for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we like you know Rogue Trader is Rogue Trader is you're effectively a space privateer mm-hmm. who is far enough out to so you don't have to worry about the Inquisition fucking with you. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then, or you if know, you do encounter them. Oftentimes they're going to be outmanned and outgunned and they need to deal with you in order to get the job done. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank God. <Yep. laughs> um, and then like Death Watch is you could either what well, we did, we rolled our own chapter, but um, you can roll, you know, any number of chapters. If you can, you can use the, like the Death Watch normal thing, which is like, hey, you're you're the space Marines, but super gritty and, you know, yep. real, real ridiculous. And you're just like, yeah. all right. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, the, uh, the the Death Watch and the current Eighth Edition uh, rules for the tabletop game are also oh, really, Jesus. really good. Nice. I uh, I have never seen someone make an entire Death Watch army. Really, it's because but... they're super, super points expensive. Like the models oh. are not that expensive, but like the, each model, like if you want them to have more than just the basic loadout, is going to mm-hmm. be like. 25 to 30 points per space marine oh yeah <laughs> jesus christ and, and listeners to give you a comparison a normal run-of-the-mill space marine which is still a significant model to be reckoned with on the board is 14 points so yeah. you're talking about twice that much a, a super cool space marine right god how ridiculous yeah it I is love it. i am Honestly, partially the if I were to ever get back in, I am very partial to the idea of making a Mechanicus Guard army. Oh yeah, and because uh, it's just like you know, I like the Mechanicus. They're fun and they're always borderline heretical at all times. And oh, you're just like one hundred percent. Keep it up, you keep it up, fellas. <laughs> you just ride that line as hard as you can. Yep, they're like <laughs> yeah. the heresy that's so useful that you can't call it heresy. Yeah, you can't get rid of it because they fix your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, like all those well, cool guns you have, they make them. <laughs> it's like, well, it turns out that our guns really do have tiny little gods in them, and these guys make those gods want to work properly, so I guess we'll <laughs> give them an indulgence. Yeah, they're fine for now. Just if they start acting weird, let us know. <laughs> right. Weirder than normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am part, yeah, no, like, but like, like that's like aesthetically speaking, like they are, like the Skitari are insane, and oh yeah, the, absolutely. Just, the other Mechanicus stuff is always very like over the top. Here's a bunch of fucking, you know, wires and cables coming out of it. Why I don't know because we didn't put a shell on it. That's why. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like everyone the, has to have at least four arms. Like that's just uh, yeah. a requirement. Look. It's you gotta. It's gotta. It's a. It's it's a fucking. You gotta division of labor, but, uh-huh. but among the individual, you know, you gotta have <laughs> at least two arms for working on stuff while your other arms are focused on killing. Right. That's how it works. Two um, armies go home. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> two armies. God damn it. Anyway, no. It's 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 fun though. It's like I don't know, man. It's one of those things where it's like it's I like the massive. Like I recognize the massive time investment needed to do to paint an army is like, yeah, it's fucking, you know, and like you know you don't want to just you don't want to be the guy who comes to the to the board with like, just red, <laughs> yeah, like one color miniatures, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think I think I went through. I think let's see, I painted an amount of. Also, so side note, unrelated, like listeners, when we earlier when we talked about like not looking at anyone who is good at painting, it's because there's people who are like. Who are you know, miniature painters who are fucking insane. Oh, my God. Yes. Like, yeah, it, it they is. have the ability to, like, see the iris in the pupil on an eye that's smaller than a pinhead. And you're like, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. People that are able to draw emblems freehand on cloaks mm. the size of, like, less than a book of matches, you know, yep. like they mm-hmm. make it look really, really good. Uh, or, or yeah, or like the, the people who can like completely freehand an entire pauldron, which is smaller than your fucking pinky, na- your pinky nail. Yep. 
And you're just like, all right, chief, I I recognize that you've managed to get that that very that wolf's head emblem painted on there, but fuck you anyway. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it is <laughs> yeah. like that's that's actually and you know, as depressing as it is to to look at that as a painter, that's sure. something that is really impressive about it as an art form is just the oh, amount totally. of skill that exists in this hobby. Like because yep. not only do you have painters that are incredibly talented, you've got yep. kit kit bashers that are incredibly mm-hmm. talented. Oh, um, totally. And even like people that like do their own uh freehand sculpting like with um two-part epoxy resin. You know, like right. I've seen people that have turned a pile of parts from various miniatures, like stuff that has nothing in common and shouldn't go together and make it look better than something that Games Workshop has released. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, the, uh... it's absolutely wild. Like, the really, and that's one of the things that I like about it, is that there's no limit. Like, as, oh, yeah. as much as you want to put into it, that's how much you can get back out of it. Like, um, if you want to be really, really good at painting, you can get really, really good at painting... But there's also going to be somebody that's really good at painting and also good at kit bashing or sculpting or whatever. So right. you've also you've got that that you can branch into if you ever top out or get bored, you know? Yep. It's super nice. And like I I will say this, like honestly, one of my favorite things out there is like orc kit bashes. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like you just I mean, like you can look up like look up like you know, 40k orc kit bashes on like Google Images, and you will see people yeah. who are just totally fucking insane who have made orc vehicles out of like existing toys or parts mm-hmm. of other toys. And you know, it's just like, fuck me. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it goes like, like I've seen, um, one of the things that I've taken a really big shine to lately is, uh, building terrain out of, Oh yeah. Like just found parts. Cause a lot mm-hmm. of things, um, you can find like, um, what do they call it? Not injection molded, but uh, vacuum formed, um, mm-hmm. like vacuum formed trays and stuff that would like if you go to the grocery store and they have like, you know, a display of like kids candy that's in like a special toy or something. A lot of times mm-hmm. that tray that it's in, if you take that and you look at it, it's like, man, I could make that into some sort of bunker or, you know, like dome right. or a, whatever. A hill or something, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's there's a lot of ways to turn what would otherwise be garbage, something I'm quite familiar with, into mm-hmm. something that's cool. Yeah. Um, no, that's, there, that's... Like, there's a whole subsection of people who do that. Like, uh, if that's you go awesome. on... My my favorite way to look that up is on uh, Pinterest. Actually, um, nice. shitload of stuff on Pinterest. By the way, if you're if you're at all interested in miniatures painting or like the actual hobby part of it, not necessarily the gameplay part of it, but Pinterest mm-hmm. is actually a really good resource for getting ideas because you can see you know other people's paint schemes and techniques and all sorts of stuff like that, and get lots and lots and lots of ideas. Yeah. And, you know, there's people out there who just designed some wild-ass shit. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I remember one time, we I used to work with this guy named Jason. He's a real, real nice guy. And, like, we were, like, I was training him. And uh, I was like, oh, so what do you do? You know, it's like a hobby on the weekends. He's like, well, I, 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 I used to play 40K. I'm like, oh, cool, I love 40K. And we started talking about it. And he's, he's like, I was like, I started painting recently. And he's like, oh, cool, I've been painting for, like, a couple years. And I was like, sweet. And like, you know, this is my first encounter with this in real life where someone is just like an absurdly good artist and they don't tell you. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, I'm like, I showed him a picture of like, like I'd, I've been painting like uh, bomb squigs mm-hmm. to, to learn, to teach myself how to do shading. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and like, I was like, this is, I'm pretty happy with this. He's like, that looks really good. That's really good shading. And he like, here, he's like, pulls out his phone. He has like a full, you know, huge fucking JPEG of like his fucking like this thing. He's like, I'm selling this one. I'm just like, get fucked. <laughs> this is beautiful, like multi-tone shaded, like shadows painted on the figure. I'm just like, get the fuck out of here with your fucking. Nope. Mm-mm. Yep. I've never painted anything in my life and I refuse to admit it. <laughs> yep. Yep. What is a paint? I have never hmm. seen such a thing. Also, nope, you're I've a never sorcerer. S- 
Yeah. <laughs> I, sus- I suspect there is literal heresy afoot here. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, but uh, that's how it goes, though. You're just like, you just walk into like fucking occasionally someone will just like blindside you with skill. Like mm-hmm. we follow a guy on Twitter, uh, like that truly relaxed guy. Truly relaxed. Holy yep. sh- he is way, way better. Guy. Way better. Oh my of God. Just fucking absurd. It, it is like, a little infuriating at times, but I am still super jealous. <laughs> oh, totally. Like I, like I'm like I. You know, he's a funny guy, but also like his fucking like the stuff he puts up on on Twitter alone is just like, damn it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, and like you know, uh, fucking uh, Hiko, Hiko Morphism. Uh huh. Another guy. Like any like he's like oh I made this thing and you're just like get fuck you. Yep. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Could, could you please be less talented while I'm watching? Thank you. Yeah. I would appreciate it if you could dial back your innate ability to be good at this. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but, you know, having yeah. said that, like, it is one of those things where, like, even though, you know, I, I do joke about it, it's like throwing all my <laughs> paints in the garbage, but sure, I do still really enjoy it. And, like, it, oh, it's totally. really easy to fall into it, like, I've got way more stuff than I could ever paint, you know, like uh-huh. I literally have a uh it's it's not official, but it's um a third party version of uh Sisters of Battle. Uh, oh nice. They they did a Kickstarter for some resin casts and I, I bought I I'm a huge fan of the Sisters of Battle, but Games Workshop Who isn't? hasn't released anything. Well they had this Kickstarter and I was like, all right, well, you know what? I'm going to get some of these. I've been waiting for a new army for a while. They look really detailed. It'll be fun to paint. So I got them. Well, they're not going to be fun to paint because they're way too detailed. And I'm not <laughs> that good of a painter. Also, kick in the nuts, Games Workshop announced that they're going to release Plastic Sisters of Battle in the next year. So 100%. That's how yep. it goes. That is Remember absolutely... I went. I first time I I bought a resin model because I was like I feel I I I feel like I could probably paint one of these, and uh-huh. it was one of the ones like it it you don't see the model on the blind box. Oh no! <laughs> and like you just see the like the painted version. You're like yeah, I could probably like paint something like that maybe one day, and then you open it and you're just like yep okay those are letters on his uh, his name tag cool yep never touching this with any of my dirty filthy monster hands obviously yep. yep. <laughs> Gotta put my dick beaters onto some other model that I won't ruin as badly. Yeah, Yeah, find me a plastic square to paint because that's (laughs) all I am allowed to do. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Well, man, thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always happy. Yeah, it was a fun show. Uh, Listeners, um, check us out Friday. Check us out Monday. Have a good rest of the week. Goodbye. Love you. Love you.